All right, don't start like that. <laughs> don't start like that. that yeah, we can't say that. We can't say that. Or can we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to Italian Football TV. You got a podcast with just Michael and I today. Where's the rest of the table? Do I switch camera well, angles the, the or table, no? The table is here. Do I switch camera angles to the other side I with mean, Peter, Antonio, and Gaetano? Do you, not, do you not notice the table? I meant the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're trying to be a little bit careful, obviously, uh, with everything that's yeah. happening in New York right now. We don't even need to say the C word anymore. We're just trying to limit it as much as we can and mm -hmm. be careful and only getting people to get tested and all this stuff. So... Michael and I, we've uh, we've been doing that, and we said, "Listen, guys, it's not worth it for this podcast. Let's give it another week or so, and uh, and then we'll bring everybody back and and do the usual crew." Uh, so you just got us. You're stuck yeah. with us. I mean, it's either us or skipping it. And I, I think you guys kind of like us enough to do a podcast. I think there's two types of people. Two. I think when they clicked into it, they're like, "Oh my god, no, Antonio!" Mm. And then there's the other half that are like, "Oh my god, no, Antonio, I'm never watching." Like 100%, 100%. It's like, uh, Antonio's on another episode, or... This is going to be the deciding factor if you guys are going to watch this episode it's or true. not. So there's going to be a huge retention rate of you guys uh, exiting this video. So if you're still with us, uh, <laughs> welcome back. Guys, I know it's been a little bit of time. The Serie A has just been absolutely wild. Bonkers. We're just going to... Let's just go over topics that you and I had. Michael and I, we had a, yeah. a nice long discussion the other day, um, yeah. yesterday, about just the games, and it was fun. We just went back and forth about what we actually feel. And our feelings. Well, no, I did yeah. not talk about uh, our feelings. I guess it was me we, after you hang, hung up. Yeah, okay. Just talking to yourself. Yeah. Uh, let's let's start with the Supercopa, because that was like the biggest thing that you and I were talking about. Mm. Um, what a match. Went into the 120th minute. It was exciting. It, was, it had drama. It literally had everything for a Wednesday. I will say that... Inter obviously is a better team. There's on, without a doubt on they paper controlled, and everything. They controlled yeah. most of the match. Yeah, um, they they deservedly ended up winning in the in the final. Um, crazy that it went to 120 minutes, but I am proud of the team, the effort that Juventus gave. Not in the in the side tactically, because obviously tactically, you know, you can never say that they were going to play better than yeah, Inter. No, of course. But for the attitude that they showed and to be able to get to 120 minutes with Missing so many players, but the credit has to go to Inter for winning. No, yeah, I think Marco, you hit a, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Inter were supposed to win. I think they should have closed this game earlier. It wasn't supposed to go to extra time, so that's why I tip my hat to Juventus, who had a pretty much depleted squad. Cuadrado, who not just defensively is great, he brings a whole dynamic in the attack and outside that leaks out. And of course, unfortunately, Chiesa's uh, has an ACL injury that's going to probably see him out for the rest of the season. And we thought it was going to we thought it was going to be a Inter one and done. You know, a lot of people counting Juventus out, but they really held their own and they, they showed that they have hunger, that they can even though they had a bad start to the season they can still play well against the champions of Italy who had a, a full squad decked out and they they were seconds away from going to penalties against them but there was a Alexandro error that cost uh, that cost the game but very surprised by Juve I mean if they keep this up a lot of positives from them but Inter on the other side yeah more a lot of chances weren't very clinical because if they were clinical it could have ended um, they could have scored a lot of goals in, in the first 90 minutes um and are they the best team in italy we interrupt this podcast because we have a word from our premium sponsors of iftv the reason why we can do this for such a long time they're sponsoring for the entire year the entire season paramount plus is your home to watch Serie A in the united states you get champions league europa league everything conference league and Copa italia what what makes me Serie very happy mike 
and we mentioned this before, we have pre-match, halftime, and post-match coverage that is constantly on. Uh, we've got me, we've got Mike Grella, Bonetti, Dre Cordero, Papi, sometimes even Bobo Vieri, who was on live Incredible. from the San Siro. We even had somebody from Venice who was on a boat traveling, showing us and documenting the beauty of Italy. Because if there's one thing I know, is that Italy is the most beautiful country in the world. It seems like Paramount Plus agrees because they want to show that, they want to broadcast that. Guys, the link in the top of our description Check it out, guys. is ParamountPlus.com slash IFTV. I think you still get a free month if you go right now. Don't even wait till tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe. I think my dad told me that dude, if you subscribe for 12 months, it's you get under it even five, cheaper. Yeah, under $5. Dude, this is the, probably the best investment I've made for culture because there's just so many competitions that you can get. Getting Paramount quenches my thirst of uh, culture. How are you not going to watch the European games? You're not gonna, uh, how are you not going to watch Serie A? How are you not going to watch the Supercoppa, the, the incredible Supercoppa uh, Italiana? The Coppa Italia that was just been going on the past few days. I have two accounts. But Marco, it's not just, even if you like culture, but you also like shows, you like movies. They have amazing movies, new movies, new shows. They have a lot of stuff going on. And of course, 2022 is going to be an even bigger year for Paramount. They're doing a lot more stuff and they're just so ingrained, I, th I think, in this culture. And it's only going to get better from here. The one theme that we have during this entire podcast, as we were mentioning before, is that don't judge where we are right now, right? We said the coaches, like, you know, they need time. Slowly but surely, things with, with Paramount, the coverage is going to get bigger. It's going to get better. better yeah. 2022, the ideas and the, the things that they want to do going to Serie A and, yeah. and, and building around the coverage is even bigger and better. So look at the roots. They're healthy. They're they're thriving, and and I think and that growing. we're gonna we're gonna get to a really awesome place. But it's all thanks to Paramount Plus. Uh, we appreciate them for sponsoring IFTV, guys. If you enjoy our show, it's all thanks to them. It's thanks to them that we're able to put this on. So help support them. Link in the top of our description. Go get it. And back to the podcast. There we go. Yeah, I think Inter are the best teams on, team in Italy on paper and on the field. The thing that I let's let's obviously we got to touch on Inter. Um, this is like it's such a good start for Inzaghi. Like I'm very happy for him. He's a hundred percent in Supercoppa finals all three times against Juventus. The first two with Lazio, where he had significantly worse sides compared to who he was playing against, and that's okay. not a dig at Lazio at all. Uh, we're just calling the facts how they are. Like if you yeah. looked at what Juventus was, that's credit to Inzaghi. Now he came in more with the squad that's able to do something, and he still got the win. He is proving that he's a really strong coach. He's made Inter probably better than where they were under Conte. Don't get it wrong. This team would never be where they were without without, without Antonio. 100%. So respect to him. But the thing is, Alessandro Bastoni, I have never seen. I've been watching football for a long time. It's hard for me to remember a defender like him. There was one point in the match where he was playing a 1-2 in Juventus's box. The guy attacks like nothing I've ever seen before. That's insane. We've already seen his rocket in in the weekend because I know we didn't talk about the weekend matches. He had a goal and an assist for a defender, and the other person that scored was a defender in Milan Skriniar. This is this is to show you the freedom that Inter is given under Inzaghi. They have this freedom where they're able to creatively build into a match and and see the pitch for what they have inside of them for the intelligence that they have. Uh -huh. Conte, you have to be. This center meter, you got to be two feet away exactly when Lukaku, you get the ball, Lautaro, you go right in, the def the wingers overlap, build into space. He wanted everybody. Mm. It's like a like troops, like an army. Everyone had to be somewhere exactly where they were. Now, there's a freedom. At times, you see Brozovic 
drop in, almost like a fourth defender. Mm. You'll see Hakan come all the way back and pick up the ball. And at the same time, you'll even see, and I saw this a few times, Dumfries all the way up on the right side and Perisic, each wing back Going up. opening up wide. It's, it's just a beautiful... Yeah. This is a different type of football Dude. than I think many have seen in Europe. No, 100%. And Conte might have made the foundation, but it really looks like Inzaghi is almost perfecting this. Just because they're so rampant on the attack. Everyone attacks. Yeah, uh, maybe they can concede a couple of goals, you would think, but they have the best defense in uh, Serie A. So it's incredible just the freedom that they get. And they, they really play as a unit. And Bastoni, like you were saying before, it's scary that he's doing that. What's even scarier is how young he is in doing that. Because he's playing like a veteran. And, yo, 100%, that guy's going to be the future. He already locked his spot for the for Mancini's Azzurri in the future. 100%. Oh, that guy's play. fearless. Yeah. I think I think he deserves a, a starting spot for the Azzurri. What, the difference now is that Inter... It's been, a, it's been a project. It's been a project of their growth, right? From Spalletti mm. to Antonio Conte to now yeah. Inzaghi. And I feel like this year, more than ever, they have the chance to go far in all competitions because when you look at who they're able to put in on the bench, they have a deep bench. I mean, Alexis Sanchez is a brilliant player. Correa I, I know, in. I know that coming in. I know that, yeah. And Darmian, even Darmian. Darmian, he transformed as a player. You would never... He's not a mean player anymore, guys. If he's you a told me a player. couple of years ago that we'd be talking about Darmian yeah. coming into dude, this match he and being impressed, dude. he's been really good. But my point being that yeah. it's no longer the team that, okay, the first 11 or the first 12, right, having one sub, mm -hmm. is the only thing that they have. No, no, no. They have at their disposal a great roster of players of also team players because everybody plays for themselves. And that's hard to do as you start winning and as you start getting better. You know, egos can come into check, but they don't have any of that. They seem like they're a unit, they're a family. This, But I, I'm just impressed with the style of play. I know you could look throughout history, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to compare them to these unbelievable teams, right? I'm not even going to say the names because people will go crazy if I compare them to some of the historic clubs that mm -hmm. revolutionize the way that we see football. But I think... This team has potential to go down that path. To be a reference point, like Man City, you watch Man City in the Premier League uh -huh. under Guardiola, they have this style. Yeah. A style that teams want to recreate. Bayern Munich. Liverpool. Liverpool with Klopp. And they did not achieve that yet. They didn't. No. But I think that this squad has the ability. They're if on, they could go for yeah. our Champions League, They're on a path. if they did knock out Liverpool, that's when the rest of the world will start to look at it like, this is revolutionary. Because, again, I've never personally seen such something so great and as a football fan as just a lover of the game when i watch them yeah. it just it's, it's nice, beautiful it's nice to watch it's an it's enjoyable football and that's why uh inzaghi uh you you can see how lazio maybe hasn't been performing under Sadi, but inzaghi won silverware with this lazio team he overachieved with that team that but that's what i'm saying yeah they had some good players but now we see with Sadi, look how many troubles uh they are so it's being it's being exposed with how, how good inzaghi was doing he, there. I, I actually i know i know he gets criticized and everyone calls him like limone uh, because he's sour, li limon and lemon. I, like, I like sour. the I like the motions on the sidelines. It I like character. It I'm, I'm character. with you. I'm with I you. I love I that. mean, he looks crazy, but I like it. You yeah. know, you, I I'd rather coach. that than Ancelotti to be honest. Him chewing gum I'm, like a I'm, like a goat on the side. Jesus, my advice gonna. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Just, just, I like drop into the comment section. I like emotion. I like emotion. I do. I do like that he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. So now that we said that. I will say that I was disappointed yesterday in their, specifically their performance of 
chances created, right? So if you look at the first 10 minutes mm -hmm. of the match, they had chances where if Lautaro scores those two goals, it goes 2-0, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. That, it could have gone, gone Very terrible. ugly for Juve. It yeah. could have been a, a few goals. A bloodbath it could have been. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't convert those chances. Juventus scored the one, which they love to... If they score first, they love holding on to that yeah, lead. Yeah. But ever since then, Inter dominated possession, yes. Back and forth, back and mm -hmm. forth. Always, you know, if anyone was going to win the game, it did feel like it was going to be them at a certain point, especially in the second half. But they didn't create chances. They didn't create real chances. They were, a lot of times, when the substitutions came on, they were still sending crosses in when there was no Lautaro and no Jekyll yeah. on the pitch, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What we said before, it's Inter in a general sense. But when you look at yesterday, I thought a lot of the time, they were just pa using these passes that they didn't create great chances. It was static. static. At the same time, yeah, I get what you're Juventus saying. were defending for their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, Juventus were just putting everyone back. They were just trying to be able to to get yeah. to penalty kicks, especially towards the end of the, the game. Mm -hmm. Were they really going to create chances? The only time that Inter was in difficulty was for about 25 minutes where I was extremely impressed with Juventus. Well, you've had the ball. And I yeah. did not expect Juventus at all in this game to ever come out and dominate. But for 25 minutes, they caused Inter a lot of trouble. And tactically, where I saw them cause them trouble is when they pressed them. When they were pressing them and they had this energy and Kuluseski did a very good job, the goal came because Kuluseski was pressing. At that moment, that put Inter in difficulty, but Juventus, considering the absentees, considering the roster, they, couldn't hold they on. were never going to be able yeah, to keep they that. They couldn't up. hold on. It was, just a, it was just a period of the game for that, and McKennie also, he was attacking a lot. For the position he was playing, he was going up a lot. He was causing a lot of threats, a lot of one-twos, making a lot of options um, possible. And Morata, I criticize Morata a lot, but Morata had a very solid game considering he didn't have that much support because he was like secluded as a lone striker, I felt like. We had Kulusevsky and Bernadeski who were dropped a little bit more back, helped in defense. So Morata did the best he can uh, in terms of holding back, uh, holding up the ball, waiting for the support to come. And um, I thought Moiskin uh, was very poor when he came in. I expected more from him. I'm a he, fan of Moiskin. Yeah, it seemed like he was a ghost. Uh, I I'm a big fan I of Moiskin. I think I saw a stat I, that he touched the ball six times. I wanted him to do well, but dude, he was he wasn't. I don't want to base him off this, but he's not really having a very it's also, good season. It's also not completely his fault because Juventus were just playing defensive by yeah. the time that Moiskin came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So if we switch the focus to Juventus uh, from from back from top to bottom, <laughs> I think that um, Chiellini. My God! But we know this. What we know? What, he's no, a top. no, no. We, we don't know, know that. Top. There's there are still so many people. I got into the argument Anto even with Antonio, Grella. Antonio. I got into the argument with Grella about it. That mm. he, I said I would choose Kellini um, over a Devray. If if we were choosing, if I would a, put him in that for a must-win match. Yes. I'd choose for Chiellini. a one for yeah. a one-off. Just I will choose a healthy one-off match. 100% Kellini. That was my point in this final. In this dude. final, Kellini is dude. a warrior. He needs to go. I know. I think Mourinho made the joke, right? That he needs to teach classes at Harvard along with Bonucci. With Bonucci yeah. It is unbelievable to me how intelligent he is as a player, the spirit that he gives to the team. And He's I thought that leader. Juventus as a whole, they they did as they did the maximum that they could against an Inter. No, this is yeah. the worst Juventus of the last decade. Let's let's get it and, and one of the best Inters of the last decade. They tried to play a match that just survive, right? Mm. We're going to go out there. We're going to try to spit blood. We're going to defend, defend, defend. For 25 minutes, as I mentioned, they did they did well, and they did play a little bit. But at that moment, there was really nothing else that they could do. I think that they went a little bit beyond their limits. And I, and again, 
I think that there's a lot of positives to take. I I really wasn't sure. I knew Juventus in a final, they're going to come up. Yeah. But realistically, brain speaking, you think to yourself, there's no way that Juventus are going to have a chance at winning this game. And yeah. and I think that they did a really good job and I think that this momentum, even though you lost, I don't it doesn't matter that you lost. You took a team that's in first place that's I don't know how many double digits higher than you in the table that seemed to be surmountable a crazy amount and you took them to 120 minutes and you were seconds away from going oh, to penalty damn. kicks where it could have been 50-50. They watched they watched the team lift the trophy. I think they need to use that as the momentum the to push them forward. They are not for, Juventus's goal this year is to get top 4. It's to secure the revenues of Champions League for the next year and build and build onto yeah, that project. No, it's the truth. Is it sad from where they were? Yeah. Cycles change. It, this is the cycle the of Juventus ha- to, to every just get into club, top four. Happens to every football And club. I think that they're looking at this match. They had the comeback against Roma. Mm-hmm. Now they have this against Inter, which I think is a positive. I don't care that they lost with two seconds to go. I think that a lot of these players, they did show character. You see Rugani crying at the end. You see McKenny, who ta- technically, yes, McKenny lacks. McKenny is not a beautiful player a that could game. send a 60-yard ball a or game. hit a curler from outside the area. But one thing McKenny has is heart, and that's something that has been lacking at Juventus for quite some time. He ran the entire match, he scored the goal, and he scores the goal yeah. because he follows the run. He reads the game well, he gets himself behind breaking the line, he puts himself in a dangerous area, he's very good with his head. That is McKenny, and he was, for me, along with Chiellini, now that I think about it, the best player for Juventus. So... There, there's a lot of positives. I think that for you, Morata, Morata's a, a he's a tricky player. You hot, watch him sometimes. Hot and cold player. He's very hot and cold. For me, yeah. Morata's a great player if he comes in from the bench. When he comes in from the bench, he doesn't have that pressure of starting because back to goal, he's not. He's a different type of player. Mm-hmm. But as you've seen, when he drifts out left and he drifts out wide, he drifted out right against Roma. He drifted out left against Inter. He sends a nice ball in. And Juventus score from both of those chances. So I think that those are some of the keys that they need to be able to build off of. They were without Chiesa, so going and attack is going to be hard. I was a little bit disappointed in Dybala when he was rested because he couldn't play fully. And he was not able to come into the match and do something. But I do think the point that he came into the match was the point where Juventus stopped attacking at all. And he was not going to be able to attack just on his yeah, own. if I was Allegri, I think I would have gave him at least thirty minutes. I think he gave him a little bit under twenty minutes. You gotta, because that's when that's when they started parking the players a little bit more back and tra- and, and, and we're waiting. But that's what I'm saying. But then you, if you gave him a little bit more time with Morata to try to build something, I think we would have seen a more attacking Morata. Something we would have seen more like at Roma when mm. he was uh, playing, making chances and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, for for Juventus fans, I think it's more of like you're holding your head up high because there's always going to be cycles. Juve did one of the most incredible cycles in uh, football history, doing almost 10 years in a row. So now it's time to it's Inter's to time. recuperate. It's Inter's yeah. time. You have you're, to give them respect. You're never gonna. You're never gonna. It's never gonna be all. Oh, you're always gonna win. There's cycles. Players get older. You know, other teams get better. New players or whatever. But now is the time to recuperate. They gotta look at themselves. Get the adequate players, adequate manager. What a man, uh, manager um, behind? I think the biggest thing with them is they gotta look themselves in the mirror and find the best possible way to get Juve back on top. And then that may, t- may take a few years, 
but Juventus has a name, and I, I, I definitely think they could do it. And this was a perfect example. They didn't have any players. They had all these injuries, but they still held their own against Inter. And I think they could build from this. I want to I wanna talk about the rest of the teams. I want to talk about Milan and Napoli. Um, before we do, though, let's just conclude with them because we have a couple of good games coming up this weekend. Oh, just, yeah. Just finish off with Juventus and Inter. Uh-huh. For now, Juventus have to play Udinese. They are in uh, Torino. The first leg, by the way, was 2-2. I remember Udinese got a tie. I think that this matchup is difficult for Juventus just because they are going up against an Udinese who's they're a bunch of big boys. Like they're a physical they're f- team. No, they're a physical team. They yeah, make yeah. themselves feel felt. I know they've been dealing with a lot of bad cases. They've been missing players. Um, obviously, we know that. And I think that Juventus, it's a difficult matchup for them considering they played 120 minutes. But what I would say is building off of what they did against Inter, if Juventus would play with this sort of spirit that I saw from some of the players... Mm-hmm. I think that they could achieve their goal of getting top four. They need to remember that, yes, it's good that you it's good that you took Inter to 120th minute, right? But it means nothing if you don't play that same way against the teams where you get you're three so, points the same way yeah, in the no. campionato. 100%. Last thing I forgot. I can't believe we forgot this. Sandro. Let's just talk about Alexandro real quick. We have to talk about him. Let's sort of talk about <laughs> He's never been the same player as he was. After the first season. After the first season. After the first season, it was incredible. But then after that, he dipped tremendously. I think that talent-wise, it's not it's not really a question because do you lose talent? No, I don't think so. The problem for me has been that Sandro can do a lot of good things. In this game, he did not play bad. He didn't play bad. He didn't but, do much. But, he didn't but do much. a player that's supposed to play at this level, you and, need to remain concentrated for 120 minutes. And now, I don't. I would not... If if it's if it's if Kellini makes a mistake, right? If Kellini makes the mistake of passing the ball back, not that he would, but if he did, right? And Juventus was the game, okay, I can accept the mistake. Yeah. My problem is that it's kind of like a bigger story of, of Alexandro, how he's been. Concentration wise, being mentally prepared for a match, he seemed like he's off in the head. And that's that's more so my problem. Again, mm. I can accept mistakes. <clears throat> when there are players who do you do a really good game, you make mm. a mistake. Not that you're happy. You want to you want to be better because that's a ball that 120 minutes you get that ball out no matter what you have to do. No matter what you have to do. Reminds me of Evra against Bayern Munich. Hmm. Get that ball out. Yeah. But it happens. I get that. I can accept that. With all that being said, Pellegrini should be the starter of Juventus. That's it. What 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 do you think about Inter? They got a match against Atalanta. Inter's match against Atalanta, I think, is going to be a very tough one um, because Atalanta, we know, well, they also played Coppa Italia. That They didn't go 120 minutes against Venezia, but they still played 90 minutes. Uh, they are playing at, in Bergamo, though, at the Jevi Stadium. Atalanta are terrible at home. They are, yeah. They're so bad at home. Their, their home record is really, really bad. It's like one of the worst. But And their away record is amazing. But Zapata has been arrested. Mm. So if you rest the beast... He could be he, uh, he could be deadly. He could be deadly. And Inter, like we said, they play their full squad. They're gonna be pretty exhausted. And Atalanta, not saying that the, they did a they played their B team, but they had a lot of players, a lot of starters starting on the bench. Mm. So that could definitely be something Gasperini was thinking about. Be like, maybe I can nick a point uh, from Inter from the champions. See, so that's gonna be interesting. You one. know, you know what I was looking at? I was looking at the difference in the table. Yeah. I think that they're eight points. Between Atalanta and Inter, mm-hmm. Atalanta has been a team that we feel like we've we've always said like, can they get to the Scudetto? Right? That's that's like obviously that would be their dream to be able to compete with it. And I think that their dream is on the line this weekend. If they want to do it this year, a loss 
If they lose to Inter, it's over. It goes to 11 points. There's no shot that they're going to get into it. You need to be able to beat your direct rivals if you did want to fight for the Scudetto. So that's on their line. Mm-hmm. And I think that the players feel that. They're, they're no longer in Champions League. They do have a good shot in Coppa Italia to be able to win. But this team is a team of fighters. They're a team of believers, of dreamers. And I think that they know in the back of their head, if we want even a sniff, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but if inside of them, if they feel that they have an opportunity to get that this year, you have to win this game against Inter. If they win, it's five-point gap. That's nothing. You see? Then if they win, look how close you are. Would would I know I just said wow. that. Yeah. Unfortunately no, for them, they have the best team in Italy right across the side. I think Inter is a team that rarely slips up. It's hard it to is, find the moments yeah. that they slip. I think tactically the matchup is interesting because Atalanta is a team that will press you. And I've always felt, this is for 12 months, 18 months, that I felt that the way that you beat Inter is when you press them. Not many teams can keep that momentum up. Atalanta, Atalanta is, are a pressing team. Atalanta they press. physically they press, is strong. Though. I think that in this game, though, considering Atalanta's home record, considering Inter, they also know what's at stake. They 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 tasted they tasted the glory of lifting a trophy. And those players, they celebrated their hearts out. Of course. They celebrated and they enjoyed that trophy. Because guess what? Come May, the trophy that means even more, that means 10 times more, is the Scudetto. Once you taste it, it gets worse. You don't want to lose it. Mm. You never want to lose that feeling of winning. So they know that, that this is a crucial match. If they would win the Supercoppa and then you beat Atalanta, the direct rival, basically knocking statement. them out. That's a huge statement. That is saying to everyone, we want to create a huge cycle in Italy. <clears throat> this year, Milan, yes, maybe you're good, but we are the big dogs. Dude. It's a great match. That would open up the state. If Atalanta match you win, well, that would Atalanta open up the table. That would, it would be incredible. I like that little move. What, what would you name that if you had the divider? The divider. The divider. <laughs> I like that. That's strong. But I think Osmeria has something. To, guys, that's not. That's you don't miss that match. All right. You don't um, miss that match. Let's uh, let's <clears> talk <throat> about uh, Milan. That's what's on my mind right now. Another twentieth minute uh, yeah, match, man. That was stupid for Milan. Uh, I, I, honestly. I will say this. I don't understand the point of going to extra time in these games. They should all just want the penalty kicks. We wasted time. Like All these players, they're so... We are playing way too many games in a midweek. Probably should just went to penalties and let them figure it out there. Either way, uh, Genoa went up 1-0. And I was laughing Early because on. Shevchenko is most likely getting sacked from Genoa. They might bring Ballardini back. Who knows? Um, probably. <laughs> probably. What a what yeah. a poorly run club. club. They are going to sack. We, we posted... Dude, do you remember when when I saw the Shashenko was signing and I checked the fixtures and we talked, we sent it to each other and I was like, this is the stupidest thing because he's not even going to make it past these fixtures. It shows how short-minded some teams are really run. And a lot of times, Mike, I sit here and I'm like, all right, I'm over here in Brooklyn. What the hell do I know? But then I see the decisions that they make and I said to myself, all right, if they get Shashenko, 100%, they're going to, they're going to keep him no matter what. Like, they are going to make sure that, all right, they see that they're playing Juventus, Milan, Napoli. They're not yeah, going to, exactly. they would never sack him. And now they might do that. Number one, he wasn't the right guy for the job because when you're a team fighting relegation, you don't take you got experience, a coach who's coach. never been in Serie A. Exactly. You take a guy, like I say, Andrea Zoli, who's or, been in the league. Or like Ballardini who back. Knows, <laughs> he, who, knows, who knows the league extremely well yeah. and who knows how to bring a team of fighters, for like sure. Yakini, for example, right? Exactly. Ballardini should have never been sacked. There was no need to ever sack Ballardini, and it's a mess. Either way, he lost his match, and Milan won. 
Uh, deservedly so. I mean, and Ballardini wasn't even doing Milan's, that bad. Mil- Milan, Milan is a way better team. Yeah, uh, Milan, Milan are. Honestly, I'm proud of Milan. I think that Milan, they've, um, you know, I was watching their game um, at the weekend. Um, who do they find out who they played this weekend too? I forget. I just had it on my mind. Um, they're a team that strong, really strong. Oh, Venezia, yeah. They have the momentum going forward. This match against Venezia, like you think to yourself, Milan. On all fronts, they they've dealt with some of the hardest things for oh, teams yeah. to deal with, right? So many players out. Inter, all Inter have had yeah. it pretty pretty smooth sailing. I don't remember big injuries or big cases. Milan have had, kind of had the opposite. They've dealt with so many different players getting injured, so many different new guys having to come in, having to learn this system. Replacement cases yeah. in the last moment, and Pioli has gotten his guys to mentally be prepared. And no matter what, business as usual. We take the field, yeah. we win. That's it. My res- no games. My, no jokes. My respect for Pioli has skyrocketed the past couple of years. I just thought he was a mid-table coach, man. Pioli's showing is like, yo, I deserve to be in the top, uh, you know, in the top four of Serie A. Padre uh, Pioli. I'm a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a coach that can, you know, give you these results. And, dude, Milan, you can say they don't have the best players. You can say all this, oh, they're not that good on the field. Dude, they're a team. They got every, any, mm. everybody's back. If you mess with one guy, mm. the whole team's coming for you. And uh, they're probably, I would even say they're, they might be even more close in it than Inter mm. at the point. Just because they don't have the quality that Inter do, but they play almost with the quality Inter. Mm. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. They don't play like the champagne football Inter play, but they get the results almost mm. at Inter. Yeah, maybe they're not... They are neck and neck. Maybe Inter edges them out. But, dude, the way it, it's like a brotherhood over there. So I respect that so much from Pioli and the rest of the squad. Zlatan did incredible. The too. one incredible players for me, um, I look at Tonali. And I was watching him over the he weekend. Evolved, bro. And, and I watched this player. And I got a couple different opinions about him. Uh, the first one being that he has such great balance to his game. He has technique. He has great technique. But he's also gritty. And he is not scared to get his feet into a challenge and to push around and to fight like a dog for any ball that comes in. I love that in a player. The next thing that I think about is, and he cemented himself as a starter. When you think about Benacer and Kessie last year, saying that this kid Tonali is going to be able to walk into the team. And when I'm making a lineup, when I'm making a lineup, Tonali goes first and then it's Kessie or Benacer. Before that, I was like, he's not, he's going to take another year to maybe break it. But dude, he broke into, and that says a lot because Benacer and Kessie were were rocks over there. And by him being so good and taking that place and getting those minutes, he really showed that this guy has a potential to be the next big name for Milan, the next Bandiera. So the the next opinion, and he says that he wants to stay with Milan forever. He's a Milanista. He's he's winning over the fans with that. But my next point is that I remember the year before, right, the first year that he signed, we sat here on a podcast with Mike LaBelle. And we each put our breakout star. And the guy that I chose was Tonali. He was the guy that I chose. I said, I love the skill. I watched him in Serie B. I watched him with Brescia. I was really impressed with him. I thought he had great technique, everything that we know now. And he didn't He didn't live up to it, right? His first, first year in Serie A. First season, he didn't. Milan, no. you know, there was a lot of hype around him. Mm-hmm. And my entire mentions were all from fans of other teams. I'm not going to mention which teams. That were replying and, and putting the comparisons. Oh, you said he's a breakout player and he didn't do it. He's a failure. He's a flop. And I think that we need to get out of this mentality. We all, and me too. I've been, I've 100% been at this judging in, quick, in the past. Right? 
we have to get out of this mentality that for a young kid who's 19, 20 years old, yeah. whatever he is, that we think that in his first year of Serie A, yeah. he needs to be a, a star. Yeah, exactly. A, a unbelievable player that walks into a lineup, yeah. walks into AC Milan. For but sure. That's not how it works. Players' personalities are different. Going into a big city, leaving home for the first time, whatever it is, there's so many different factors that we don't know. And I feel like in Italy, especially, we judge so damn quick. So quick. We're loved to be on the first one when they make exactly. a mistake. Oh, look, he's a failure. They wasted money. And that weighs on a player. And we don't give them the, the room to breathe and to make mistakes because you have to make mistakes. Girl, That's how yeah, you get better. Sure. That's how you gain in confidence. And it, this is just another good example for me of give the guy some time, give him some belief, have a coach that's not scared to take the risks on him. Project, and this is the reward you get. And I give credit to Pioli, management, Maldini, everybody Gazidis, for him. Yeah. No, not Gazidis. Gazidis is getting no credit. How do you know? He's not getting any but, credit. Uh, but it's the same way. You just like him it's, he's a, Greek. it's the same way with, the co with coaches Can I just also, say this real quick? What? Michael, no. when Gazidis does bad, he <laughs> no, says, oh, say he's that. South African. No, when I he does good, oh, he's Greek. He's kidding. He's kidding. <laughs> but I do want to say the same thing with coaches too. Especially in Serie A, I think... Give me an example. Who's one? <laughs> General coach every year. <laughs> Dude, there's... I think Italy's the hardest, the most toughest on their players, on their coaches. They don't give any time. They're so... What's a qu quick-fused? Like, mm -hmm. immediately, oh, I don't see a reason. Like, you gotta sack them. There's a problem. Instead of giving them time, like, I just feel like important stuff like that, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's like a plant, you gotta water, you gotta give it some time so it can grow to, uh, so you don't, you don't see it immediately, it takes time, you nurture it, and then you see how it is. But the important part, and this is where management comes in, yeah. watering a plant is good, but you need to make sure that the roots are good, that the roots of are course, healthy. Of course, 100%. If you notice that the roots are healthy... But it's not growing. Yeah. You keep ordering that. It's not you have to be able to be smart and intelligent mm -hmm. and look ahead oh, yeah, and say, 100%. no, 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 the roots are rotten. Yeah. I would give that example for Juventus. That's true too. That at times they just kept going on with the project because you're winning and you know it's masking the problem. But meanwhile, the roots were rotten. You were watering something that it should have been broken a long time ago. Yeah. So I, I mean, just to, throw some just common push, sense in there. I'm too. just, I'm no, just no, pushing yeah, back. Yeah. No, for sure. I have an example now. Yeah. Roma with Mourinho. Yeah. Give it time. Is that where you're standing? Yeah, well, this? dude, um, I was never the believer of sacking a coach after one season. I Yo, think it's not fair. You were just fair. saying the other day that he should well, be sacked. Weren't you saying that? No. You didn't say that on the last podcast? You're lying. You didn't say that? <laughs> this is blasphemy. <laughs> you didn't say that? No, so no. what do you think? I think, li listen, every coach should get... Uh, don't. I don't even think the first season of any coach should really be judged unless it's... No, I don't think it should be judged. Just because, especially Mourinho, coming back to the league after how many years, it's a whole new team, it's a whole new budget. He's doing new. Uh, he's doing a new style at Roma. He wants to, at Roma, building a project. So you got to give him more than a season to start. Uh, then you can start developing, be like, okay, what's going on here? Is it working? Do we see growth? Do we well, see people would say People would say that you're spending massive amounts of money on Mourinho. Yeah to get you these kind of results, which are the same, if not worse, than a couple of coaches from a few seasons ago. But for Roma, this is, was never going to be an overnight thing. This was always going to be a project. Not overnight, and six this, months. Yeah, that's for me, that's overnight for a coach. Because like I said, under under a year, I don't even think you should be looking at anything. The, <laughs> you know, take this, don't take it so literal, but at, give a manager at least a year. And then from there, start seeing if it's really improving or not. If you see, you know, signs of if the team's doing good, if it's in an upward fashion, uh, does he have the locker room? Is there a team thing? Because that's what happened with Pioli. It started, started like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pioli was never supposed to be the coach to bring them there. But, 100%. you know, they gave him time. 
was like, oh, wow, maybe it's working. They have his back. They fight for each other. It's like, maybe we will keep it long term. Who needs Ragnik? He's working. Why fix something that's not broken? And from there, Pioli's... not working out at um, Manchester exa- United. There we go. Could you imagine they threw it's out... It's only been a couple of... It's only been that's true. See, now you're going against what you said. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I put you against yourself. No, but so, don't... Dude, if it's, it's working, you got to give it time. I, th- you gotta, I think that... Especially in football, man. It takes time. I think that as a blanket statement, I don't agree with the give him a year because that... I think you need to look at the, the signs. Look at the signals. Because there are some times okay, that yeah. it's not a fit. Like, like Sadia at Juventus was not going to be a fit no matter how long you went because there's a philosophy clash at the club. Now, is that Sadi's fault? No. But what I'm saying is that just keeping him a year going more, it was not going to work. But then again, because didn't philosophy, give a, there was nothing. I get that. But then with Sadi, you give him a team that's against his philosophy. So it didn't even make sense to bring him in. But he's not Juventus. Sadi was not Juventus. I know, but the team was also not a Sadi team. I agree. Team I agree. But even, I think so even if you gave him, they were still going to have clashes. Either way, for Roma, I, I agree with you. Okay. I think that Mourinho, I know everybody, the thing is Mourinho is a, a divisive person. Right, you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. And for I the people him. for the people that hate him, this is just ammo for them. And I think they're being loud because they have the ability to look at the results and say, ha ha ha, look what you did. He also says he's he kind of does this. Sometimes, a lot of times, he says something that's true, but he says it in such an outlandish manner yeah, that it it divides people and they kind of get caught up in the words that he uses mm. rather than the point. So I listened to his interview where he was blaming the players in the defeat against Juventus. Now, when I see the when I see the quotes being posted it and I see harsh. what people write about him, he hates his players, he blah blah blah. And then I go and I watch his interview, I feel two different ways. Because I listen to Mourinho and he's talking about how at 3-1, you have to have personality as a player to not allow a team to get back into the match. So he gave the example. He said once it once Juventus scored 3-2, we were broken. He said, I've been at so many teams before. 3-2 is fine. You can nail out of a 3-2. He goes, but here, with this group of players, 3-2 hurt them. 3-2, they were crumbled. They couldn't get over that hump. That and after block. 70 minutes, we were done. So, is that throwing your players under the bus and saying that they're not good? I don't think so. Because Mourinho is committing himself to a long, longer-term project at Roma. He's not saying... These guys are bad. I can't do anything with them. I think that maybe that's how some interpret it. How I interpret it is they are not where they should be right now. And we are going to work on that. And when he complains about needing players, he is right. At the end of the day, whatever way you want to put it, doesn't matter what they're spending on Mourinho. His team is not a top four team, quality-wise. Now, can can you show me an example? Like a Fiorentina, who Italiano is getting more out of his squad? Yes. But that's not the argument. The real argument is that Roma's roster is not better than the team that's currently in the top four. Mm -hmm. Mourinho needs time. If you want him to get that effect, number one, he needs players. He needs more players. And number two, if you're not going to get him players, then you need to give him time to build. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to see it in six months. You could use examples of other coaches that are getting results in six months. And maybe that could have been a strategy for them. But guess what? They got this certain type of coach because they they were going first a different Approach. attitude yeah. that could handle the pressure of Rome and I do not think the Roma have made a mistake yet as 100%. long as as long as the management is behind yeah. him and he's behind the project I'm happy with this 100% and Mourinho's the kind of guy you can say he's harsh he's a little raw but he calls a spade a spade so when he says something I feel like a, a lot of people take it maybe a little bit too personally maybe a little bit too emotionally but you bring in Mourinho 
not just to you know, he's not a regular coach. You bring in Mourinho to change the mentality, to change the philosophy, something I think Roma needs. And something like that, don't expect it to even take a year. It's going to take a couple of seasons to really cha- to rewire the mentality, even the press, the piazza at Roma. We we know it's the most uh, one of the uh, the harshest in uh, Italy in general. So I feel like Mourinho, he has a lot on his plate. So he by him saying the problems uh, I think he's saying it to expose it, and it's something that he wants to change. He, wa- you know he, wa- he wants to be, he wants to be a difference maker at Roma. He wants to build a legacy over there. But he, I think he's just saying it as it is right now. They're mentally weak, but I think with another season or so with new players, if they follow this, I think he can get them to to the next level. Well, you know what makes to, me what laugh the about Roma that? fans want to see. What it, makes right? me laugh is that people will give the example and say, "Wow, you're giving him such an alley, right? You know, oh, he's got this much time." But at the same point, what's the alternative for Roma? No, it's true. You're going to get you're going to get another Fonseca? What is the alternative? What is the alternative? Fonseca? What's the alternative for Roma? Roma has been it's been since the 2000, early 2000s since they've had a team that won the Scudetto, right? If that would be the goal, right? Mm-hmm. One day you're not it is so difficult to get Roma there he is trying on this journey to do it and I respect Mourinho for taking the job oh, yeah. of of trying to challenge himself and yes you could say that he didn't have many other alternatives and yes you would be right I just think that people they're they're using a lot of the things that Mourinho says and has he screwed up in the past with things that he says absolutely but you're compiling that on and using it as an out exactly. where if you ask me yes Roma I see they're in seventh place should they be higher? Yeah. They should probably be in like fifth, sixth place. But they're not that far off. Yeah, they're, they're close. They are not that far off that we should throw the towel in, throw the white flag, wave yeah. it, and say, oh, all right, that was great. Now let's go find some other coach that uh, that we're going to sack after a year because he's not going to get results and he's going to end up in the same position. That's my take with Roma. Let's go on to a uh, another team, Napoli. Wow. And Fiorentina. We'll do half Napoli, half Fiorentina with this uh, because they just played in the Coppa Italia. Wild match. That was crazy. Wild. For Thursday, we got seven goals. Fiorentina won 5-2, I think was the final score. Yep. Napoli went down 1-0 early on in the match as well. They were... Napoli got a... Uh, Dragoski got a red card for Fiorentina. They were playing with Back 10 men. Then, this was crazy. It was 2-1 for Fiorentina. And... Petania. Fabian Ruiz oh, sees Toreda running with the ball in the midfield. Toreda oh. lets the ball go. Fiorentina are on a counter-attacking position. The referee blows the whistle, stops Fiorentina from going on attack, which till now, I'm I'm gonna maybe I'm wrong. I don't know why he stopped that. I, I still have not seen anything, and maybe I didn't look hard enough. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why that play was stopped. It should have been play advantage. Anyway. Fabian Ruiz gets a second yellow, sent off. Napoli go down to 10 men with 60 seconds to go. Ball sent into the box. Andrea Petagna scores 2-2. They go to extra time. And then, uh, you know, Napoli were were two men down. They they had two red cards because Lozano also got a red. And Fiorentina's quality, you know, came through. Piontek scored in his debut. Uh, Even Venuti was able to score. They won 5-2. Deservedly so as well because considering how the match was... I did feel like it was very harsh for Fiorentina to make that call and not let them go forward. Whether they were going to score on it, I think so. But even if they didn't, it was a crazy call. Napoli, what's your what's your feeling with Napoli? 
Monopoly is strange. You, man. You're always you're you sympathize with Monopoly more than any other team. Uh, I would, I would think so this season too. But dude, they're they're so strange. In the beginning, I was supporting them so much. They were doing so well. Everything was clicking, and now I feel like they hit a couple defeats. They dropped a few points. Insignia announced he's going to Toronto. Merchants not gonna resign with Napoli, and I just feel like their season has turned upside down. They look like. Two complete different teams right now. Now it looks like it's so hard for them to get the three points. Before it looked so easy. It was like, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win. It was like a, a steam rolling train. And now I just feel like there's speed bumps after speed bumps after speed bumps. AFCON, they lost some player. Like, it's it's absurd with what's happening. I feel bad. Spalletti was, you know, on such good terms. Now there's so many rumors here. It's tearing this apart. There's a lot of negativity now in Napoli with all this stuff. And I don't, I, dude, it's insane. I never seen a team within six months go complete opposite. And I'm, I'm failing to recognize. I think just a lot of, a lot of different factors. But there's just, I don't, I don't want to say they imploded or something. But it seems that way. It seems that way from the results. Everything was clicking, and now it's just the opposite. And uh, Spalletti, it's, it's gonna be tough for Spalletti to get back on that route to really. Because, you know, we, we all know their their objective is top four, and there's so much competition. And right now I'm struggling to think if they can really make that top four with how it's going. So I think that we have to have a balance, right? Yeah. In the beginning of the season when Napoli were flying high, what did they go, 11, 12 games? Dude, it was incredible. They were just winning and nonstop. One of the best in Europe. In. I was, for me, I was I was surprised. And I think just like a lot of, it was nice just to like see. every Napoli fan, I think that they were all surprised. And we kind of got ahead of ourselves where the expectations were, all right, you went 12 games. You went 12 games like that? Oh, the next 12, they're going to have to be the same way. When in the reality of a real season, and especially in a season that's as competitive Uh as this Serie A is, is that the reality is not that. The reality is that it's not, things are not always going to go your way. There were times when anything, the ball falls to you and you're able to score and you're feeling this moment. And guess what? Throughout a season, there's going to be the opposite. I think that Napoli's also been hit with a lot of things out of their control, yeah, and, and again, I don't, I don't like, I don't talk about unlucky, but there are moments that they're missing a lot of players. Mm-hmm. There are not many Injuries. teams that can deal with missing your top goal scorer, your top defender, your captain, your midfielders, yeah. not knowing if mm-hmm. you're going to have three players to play in the most important match until a couple of minutes before the game. There are so many factors mm. for a growth of a team. And I think that it's normal that sometimes you do take a slump. Are you disappointed to not go further? Yes, I agree. There are improvements that need to be made. But if we want to talk about length of a contract and not judging too soon, Spalletti's also just gotten there. Spalletti's also gotten there. And he started on an amazing foot. Spalletti, for me, is still a top coach. He's a coach that he's embraced Napoli. You could feel that he loves the people. He loves the city. He's respecting the the type of football that Napoli is supposed to be playing. They're going through a tough moment, but if there's any coach in Serie A that can deal with a tough moment, I think that Spalletti, you could argue, is probably one of the best to deal with that. It seems like Osimhen, we might be getting Osimhen back really yeah, very soon, soon, which would be great. For sure. That'll be a big help. I will say I don't like the off-the-field stuff, though. When Now that I've, I've mm-hmm. said what I feel, yeah. I don't like... Insignia announcing that you're going to Toronto. Yes, I know I know this happens. It happens a lot. It's a lot of distractions. Personally, I don't like it. I don't like seeing that he's not going to be there anymore, right? That's my feeling. That's how I feel all the time with every transfer. 
I never like to hear that mid-season when it you're lingers. still fighting with something. It lingers in someone's head. Now, you got the Mertens situation where Mertens, they're saying that they're not, Napoli are not offering him a renewal. No matter what, he wants to stay. He'll play for any amount of money, which mm -hmm. obviously doesn't mean any amount of money, but it just means that he really wants to stay there. Then they don't want to keep him. I understand from Napoli's side wanting to shift over and, and build a new history around new players. Mm -hmm. I, I get that. And I, and I understand it, and I don't blame them for that. My only <clears throat> thing would be like, if they don't get it right, if management doesn't get the next players that are right, they are risking a lot. Literally. And again, I like football. I like watching the game being played beautifully. Napoli were playing beautiful. And now when you add all these little voices around, you affect what's going to happen. Mm. They need to be strong as a unit and as a group to overcome this. And forget about, oh, this is this, this guy's going. Use it as the fuel that says, okay, we're doing one last shot. Like one last dance, right? Well, Michael Jordan, obviously I'm not comparing, yeah. I'm not saying those two are together. But you feel like this is our last hoorah. Let's go but, out with a bang. With a bang. Let's exactly. try our best to do, to exactly. do great. Is it always going to work? No. Napoli's another team that nobody, I don't want to hear anybody say that they had them in the top four. A few people. I had them. We had them. I mean, less. But most people did not have them in their top four. Yeah. And then they got excited by what they were doing and put the Scudetto label on them. They're in, they're in fourth place. They're still doing fine. But they're looking. They're, I mean, before the season started. They have quality. Their goal was top four. You know, let's, let's, let's say as it is. And, uh. I do think they're gonna go back on the on the train of you know playing good because it's not like they're gonna be losing and drawing the you know the next few games. But how long is it gonna take them forget uh, to get back uh, on that thing? Bologna, Bologna. It's a tough game. Bologna is a tricky game, and Bologna's coming at off home, good a too. loss against Cagliari, so they have a lot. Bologna, Bologna is a physical team. If if Napoli, yeah, they played a hundred. No, they didn't play. Yeah, they did play 120 minutes going up against a physical Bologna yeah. who don't like to play. Not that they don't like to play football. They like to play a lot more defensive and mm -hmm. physical type. Um, not a good matchup for Napoli. Uh, Fiorentina, on the other hand, wow, my respect to Fiorentina Jeez. for winning this. It's amazing to me that I watched Torino-Fiorentina where Torino went 4-0 and never would I have ever guessed no that they one. could do that. And yeah. now today you beat Napoli 5-2. That's really the magic of, of Italy. That's the magic of Serie A. Um, that's why we're going to for me, we're going to become a top league, the number one league uh, again. Obviously, we're number two right now. I don't think that there's a there yeah. should be a debate. If everyone, you have your moments, just come on and enjoy Italy a little bit. But Fiorentina really represent everything that's beautiful about football because they're doing it with you know limited amount of budget, limited amount of players, but with ideas, with yeah. footballing philosophy instilled from Italiano. And guess what? Now I think that. If they can achieve this huge goal of getting into Europe, which again is putting a big label on them, a label that's probably not fair, but when you're playing like this, you know, anything could happen. They're going to be able to build a project, a project that the revenues coming in will be able to be reinvested into the team. And I do believe that Rocco Comiso, <clears throat> if he can get these revenues up in Florence, which is a difficult thing, mm -hmm. he will reinvest and try to get this Fiorentina amongst the the seven sisters again. Oh, for sure. And I feel like Fiorentina has so much potential to be that, that hippie club that a lot of people could join on. And yeah. it also helps they have the Capo Canoniere right now. Do you, uh, banging in goals uh, day in and day out. He scored, of course. Do you think uh, Piontek is going to be a success? Yes or no, at Fiorentina? 
I'm gonna go with yeah. He's not gonna be a. He's gonna, gonna be coming up. The thing is, he's gonna be coming off the bench. I love for them to play a nice uh, two-man uh, partnership, but they are a little too similar, and that's not <laughs> Italiano style. But I wanna definitely want to see him getting a lot of minutes. And yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah. I think he likes Italy. I think he's gonna mm -hmm. find his form back. And he already got out the Pisoletto celebration on for his today. debut, just like yeah. he did with Genoa. Genoa I, right. I think a lot of times for strikers, like you can't be. You know, one of the top goal scorers in Italy, which he was for for Milan in general, he was doing amazing. You can't do that if you don't have talent, right? Oh yeah, it's not 100%. possible. A lot can become mental, and and I know his for stats sure. at his last club, the German club that he was at, were not good. They were really poor for this season. I think he had like one or two goals. I was I was surprised, but sometimes strikers are emotional. If they feel good in a place, if they feel loved, if they feel like it's warm, and it's a good environment in Florence right now, so I think that the air and the fresh, you know, the lilies of Florence it, could make them feel better. No, it definitely adds to it. All those little things. If you feel wanted, if you feel good, you know, you're back in Serie. I think that can reignite that fire that he once had, and not as much pressure because first of all, he's not a starter, and it's not like he's at like a top four club either. So now he gets to relax a little bit, chill a little bit more, and I think we can see. The old Biontech, hopefully for our sake and everyone else's entertainment, it'll, it'll be uh, it'll definitely be fun. But Marco's uh, looking at the Lazio. next or the upcoming let's, let's, or Serie A. Let's round. talk about Lazio. Um, yeah. Another weird team that I would say inconsistent man. Uh, strange because I don't know what's gonna happen with these guys, and I think that Lazio they they risk a lot. They're another team that you could say you know Sadi needs time. And I would agree with that. And I think that Saudi ball is going to take some time. But I, I will admit I'm having my doubts. And it's more so, it's not really because tactically, it's more so on the human side of Saudi as a coach. Because I loved him at Napoli. I think he was playing the best football in, in all of Europe at that time. It was gorgeous to watch. Everyone loved it. He made people fall in love with Napoli that season because of that football. Mm -hmm. But I think that that was a special moment where he found a really good team at his disposal. And a team that never really won. A team that never really tasted anything important. That they had to buy into his philosophy mm. to go into that. And I think at Lazio, he's risking because I don't like this. Pro How do you have a problem? with Milinkovic-Savic and Luis Alberto. For me, in my mind, and I saw he started Basic again last game, in my mind, doesn't compute. And it doesn't compute that, especially not, this is not even like they just signed Milinkovic-Savic and Luis Alberto and they were exciting talents. And it's like, oh yeah, they really yeah. can't play together. It has been proven. They, Inzaghi exactly. proved that they could play together. Now you want to bench Lucas Leva because maybe physically he's not there. I can understand. But for me, the way that I see the game, Luis Alberto and Milinkovic-Savic are on the pitch every single match. No. And if they're not, guess what's going to happen to that locker room? It's going to divide gonna itself, apart. naturally. And and no, I agree. And it sucks because when I heard Sadi going to Lazio, it's, it was like a match made in heaven. For having, the midfield. Having that mid, it was like, this yeah. was what he was lacking at Juve. Mm -hmm. Now he gets to express his ideas, his beautiful football he plays, the midfield. Mm -hmm. And now there's problems that he doesn't like them playing together. Bro, what are you doing? We've seen them work uh, the best midfield in Serie A do wonders, and now you're saying, now you're saying they don't work. Like, what's what's the catch? What's going on? There's a lot of stuff that's not being said. I feel like a lot of this stuff is being bottled up, and I'm scared something worse is gonna happen to Lazio. Because uh, right now, the the games that they play, it's back and forth. So that was the negative side for me. I'll, I'll shift to the positive for Sadi. That's in his defense. His attack is brilliant. His attack going forward, they're the third most for goals in Serie A. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Pedro Anderson, Chiro Immobile. 
I, it is gorgeous. Like, it is gorgeous how they are interchanging and they're doing really well. And Pedro looks like revitalized. He looks like so, he's in so his that, career. So that Sadi did really well. And now the other thing that I'm going to give Sadi an out on as well is that defense. I saw it on paper in the beginning of the season. And I said, Dude. Serie A, as many goals as we're scoring, is still a league that usually, in the end, the best defense is going to win. And you are not going to achieve your goals if you have bad defenders. Now, is his system wrong? I don't think you could even judge yet because his defense is terrible. I mean, the def the defense is so bad. And it's not that we're saying it now. And he has We've he been saying this for a long time that that is no team that you could build off of. Where Lazio are in the table does not surprise me because in Italy you need to be able you have to have at yeah. least individual talent. If you're going to push so many guys forward and attack and score so many goals, you need, quality you need to be solid defensively and they're not. And uh Stato back that up. He conceded the same amount of goals as relegation side Genoa who's really? in 19th place. Really? So that says all you need to know about how leaky they are. And and now I know people could and say And Cherby's injured too by the way. He's out for a few weeks now. Hey, don't even get me started on that Cherby ultras problem, which yeah. doesn't represent all the Lazio yeah. fans. It's uh, obviously a different section. But and and the thing that I think people could say is that oh you know it's Adi's fault because the system that he plays he risks guys forward mm -hmm. and that's why they're conceding. I don't agree with that at all. I think individually, no, I think individually, they are not good. I think that their defense is not good. That's why you can't even judge his system of how they have to defend because you don't have enough quality players to be able to play in a in an organized unit. To get a good judgment. It seems like they don't communicate. I remember, I forgot what game. Uh, someone was pulled out, and the communication to not run and cover another center back, I was just like, what are they doing? It looked so sloppy. They weren't cohesive at all, and it didn't look like a unit. They just seemed like they get so picked apart in defense. And the only thing that's really saving them is the amount of goals that they score. Because if they weren't very good in attack, mm -hmm. they would have been much lower on the table. And you can't get much lower than eighth place for a team like Lazio. 100%. With the quality of them, that's as low 100%. as it will get. Uh, guys, I think we've been rolling for a long time. Uh, it was fun. Time flies. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I like. I like it with you, just you and I. Sometimes I think we need to start sprinkling peaceful, these right? in. Not get rid of you know with uh, Peter and Antonio, my dad. I think those no. are great. But just have. But I think we have to stuff. add up like middle of the week episodes mm -hmm. where you and I, because we're always here, so we could just naturally just record and, yeah. and not organize everybody to come at the same time. So if you guys like this, if you want us to like do like an extra podcast during the week, just get our thoughts out. We didn't really have a yeah. script or anything. We just went off the top of our mind. This is honestly what you and I probably would have called each other on the phone. Exactly. And, and just talked about, about it. I mean, if you guys want to see more of it, definitely let us know in the comments. And of course, to watch this beautiful league, Marco, how could they see if you're in North America? Ah, it's true. Paramount Plus. The link is at the top of the description. Ding. Make sure you go right now and download it. Subscribe. Buy it. It is um, the, the way that you watch... Serie A in the United States. You get mm -hmm. Champions League. You get lots of coverage. You're even able to finally, for the first time in in history of United States. I don't know. If, I think so. The US of we a. have pre-match, post-match content. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun group of Half -time. people. I'm very happy to be part of it. Halftime. Uh, Mike Grella, Matteo Bonetti, Dre Cordero, Papi, Susanna, everybody. We have a fun time. We we argue. They're also embracing Italy a lot. We had somebody from from Venice uh, that she was going around on a boat, traveling to the entire That's stadium. Dope. We had Bobo Vieri live from San Siro, and the plans for 2022 for them is insane. Oh, it's gonna be good stuff. I'm so proud that it finally feels like Serie A 
will get this sort of coverage. And obviously, it's a, it's a stepping stone. We want to improve. We want to keep getting better and, mm-hmm. and make these adjustments because we know we need to. But the ideas are there. It's like, it's like what we're saying right now. Don't judge uh, some of these coaches too early. Give it some Let's, time. We're going to slowly just, you yeah. know, look look for the foundation. You know, the exactly. roots are going to be healthy. We want to build up and do something really special. So it's nice that in America we finally have uh, some coverage. That's all thanks Breath to Fresh Air. Yeah. yeah, they're doing incredible stuff, guys. Like we said, link in the description to check them out. Mark, we can watch it on a tablet, on the phone, on the computer. If you got a smart TV, the possibility. I usually want to go to the bathroom. Wow, okay. I do. I don't, I, I don't I, bring in the bathroom, but I put the volume higher when I'm in the bathroom so, so I can hear it. So what I had to do a couple times because I didn't want to miss the match, I just I had like an AirPod in. Uh, and, Bluetooth. Yes. And I just went to, to pee and I went. Okay. And I used the bathroom. <laughs> okay. And I, and I had to listen the entire time okay. because, because I know in Serie A, it's going to be so quick. You know, like the, you the, can't goals, miss a goal. the goals go crazy. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm honest. I'm honest. I'm saying yeah. what uh, what I do. So I, I make yeah. sure I keep it on. Awesome. Guys, that was your, no Antonio, but that was your little podcast that we have. We talked about it, you know, better than nothing. And hopefully next time we'll be all five yes, of sir. us and we'll be talking some more college. As shows. always, guys, thank you for watching. Subscribe if you're new. Like the video. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, guys. Ciao, guys.